You're listening to BGO Blind Pig, BGO's official roundtable discussion of all things D.C. football. Come pull up a chair, pour a libation of your choosing, and join in some passionate D.C. football debate. BGO, a burgundy and gold obsession, is the most passionate, intelligent community of Washington football fans on the web since 2009. Join us at www.bgobsession.com. What's up, fellas? Long time no see for a couple of you, but uh, another episode of the Blind Pig, courtesy of bgobsession.com. Happy to see you uh, Wednesday night. Uh, we got a little football to actually talk about. We got some real on-field discussions. So before we get into that real quick, top left, you can find Neophyte. Also goes by Bob. Bottom left, you can find Boone. Goes by John. Bottom right, you can find Ohm. He's known as Mark. And I am Silent Threat. You can find me as Derek. Come on to the board. Uh, a bunch of different contests going on right now. Uh, I believe the one that just got posted yesterday is the Crystal Ball pool where you have to predict um afc and nfc playoffs in its entirety um at the beginning of the season which is a pretty pretty uh exhausting uh matter when you start to really dig into it i got kind of foggy this afternoon when i was posting it but it's a lot of fun because gives you, you some bragging by yours truly things. this year yeah that's right yeah, we... defending champ so we got fantasy football leagues. We got NFL pick. We have one of the best NFL pick on contests anywhere. And the cool thing is all you got to do is come register on the site and we don't charge anything for any of our contests, but we do give out some really nice prizes uh, to the top three finishers. So it's kind of a no brainer. So I think, I think John's planning to give away a commander's rainbow cap as the prize. <laughs> we are very inclusive at BGO. So that could happen. So gentlemen, um, I did want to, before we get into the on-field stuff, I don't know if you guys saw the news that broke today. The first corporate sponsor to join the Washington commanders post Dan Snyder is a little company called Verizon has decided to become a partner. Uh, I did say someone mentioned that there might be something going on across the league with Verizon. So maybe it's not exclusive to us. Um, I have to dig more into that. But um, this is a big domino to fall, I think. This is the first real corporate company that has decided to get back in bed with this team. And, and I don't think... We need, think to avoid, a, we need to no avoid the phrase back in bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Tired. Be, be, become a partner with this. No team, longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, under the Josh yeah. Harris ownership group. So uh, it's interesting, and I'd like to hear what you guys think. Big deal, little deal, no deal, doesn't matter. Uh, I I am reserving judgment. It's a big deal if it be, if it's the first domino to fall and it turns into something bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Right now, as you said, it could just be a. a league-wide thing or several partners but the fact that a high level high profile big money company is willing to publicly join forces with this franchise it's been a while since that happened so i'm I'm taking it as good news and hoping that it becomes bigger news i just think you know with the harris group what we're going to see is we're going to start seeing grown-ups being hired and we've already seen a stadium expert stadium negotiation expert brought Mm -hmm. in a new cfo I mean, so, you know, they've been working on these things already. That didn't just happen overnight. And these are proven people um, not to disparage 
the current folks that are there. But I think I think you're going to see like a another level a level up of like the professional professionals that we hire people that have like are top of their profession being brought in. So I, I was excited by it. I don't know what it means. I'm like Mark. I don't really know what the Verizon um, you know deal is going to en- encompass, but I think it's good news. I'd be. I'd be more excited if if Verizon was going to help out with the fan experience in 2023, since BGO <laughs> is actually attending the home <laughs> opener. Uh, that's uh, you know that that would be that would be kind of exciting uh, because all I hear is lousy things about Wi-Fi in the or, or internet in the inside the stadium. But uh, no, I you know I was I was a little enthused. I feel like this is probably just the first domino. Uh, to be honest with you. I think it would have been more interesting if maybe it had been somebody that uh, had major ties to the team before who walked away for pretty obvious reasons. I I think that would have been slightly more of a coup, but no, this is a really good sign, uh, in, at least in my opinion. I just wanted to mention, because we are going to the opener, and uh, which we're really pumped about, I um, which I think for a lot of us is going to be the first game in quite a while. Um, but I think we're going to walk in there and we're going to see some surprises. We're going to, I don't know what that will look like, but I think the Harris group, they're going to want us to, they're going to want right out of the gate. They're going to want the fans to notice like some things are better. Things are different. I don't know what that'll be. Um, whether it's swag, uh, or, or, you know, new, new digital, uh, scoreboards or whatever it is, but I I think we're going to notice it like something on opening day. I, I, I really do. I'd be thrilled with legit plumbing. <laughs> no, no torrential downpours of sewage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so you're not holding your breath that we'll walk in there and announce that Josh Harris has bought the first round for the entire stadium. Wow. <laughs> wow. That'd be all right. I that like the way be, you think brother. That, that wouldn't, that wouldn't bother me at all. If Mr. Harris, so not to take it in a more serious direction, but what will be very interesting if it hasn't happened already is the first time some national reporter sticks a, gets a statement from Verizon on the question of whether or not they will continue to support or join this team. If they change the name back to Redskins, uh, that's going to happen. Someone's going to ask Verizon. So what are you saying? What happens if they go back to Redskins? I'm just throwing that out there. Cause that that's coming. That'll happen. I'm thinking if they if they get asked that question, th- there's going to be a very uh, no comment type answer that's going to say, "Well, we'll see what happens if it happens." You're um, breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear you now. <laughs> what are you on Comcast? <laughs> wow. Oh, good lord. Um, all right, well, it, back, now we can actually transition that into real football. Um, not that that was an easy one, but uh, I'm curious, Did you guys were you guys able to watch the live stream at all, and did you hear anything from camp? I, I, I know I have my opinions, and I was pretty excited from what I saw, but I am curious to hear what you guys have to say. You mean the live stream of, of the Ravens practice mm-hmm. thing? Or, no, I didn't get a chance to watch let's, that. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game first, and then but we'll circle back around to the Ravens. So we can do that. <laughs> The game. Okay, well then shoot, John. The floor is yours. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, I'll just hit a couple of highlights. I thought Hal kind of picked up where he left off in the Dallas game. And again, 
we know it's preseason, right? Remember Osaka? We all know that. It it doesn't necessarily mean a thing. Remember Osaka. Um, but we I, may need t-shirts, John. <laughs> <laughs> PGO Remember Osaka t-shirts. Yeah, but, uh, some of the younger folks wouldn't even know what we're talking about. But uh, I, I thought Hal looked the same way he looked in the Dallas game. I thought he looked like he, he looked like uh, he, he was not overwhelmed. He seemed calm. Um, he made plays. He made decisions quickly, whether it was get out of the pocket and use his feet or throw the ball. Um, he had the one play, the one sack, which I felt like was on him where he held it too long, but that was really the only, um, the only issue I saw. Uh, I thought Brissett looked good. Um, I, I do think that like when I saw Brissett with the ball, I, he doesn't have the arm that Hal has that jumped out at me. Uh, like there was the one ball, I think it might have been an interception where he couldn't quite get the ball downfield all the way. Um, but Brissett, I thought was impressive. And I'm going to make a bold statement. I think Jacoby Brissett might be the best free agent quarterback signing we've had since Mark Brunel. And that's been a while. I <laughs> I really think that might be true. Um, so, and I even thought to myself, God, what if we had grabbed Brissett? What if he'd been available when we went out and got Wentz? Like we, he might be the quarterback right now. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've I've been a Brissett guy. I liked when they got him. I thought it was the best backup quarterback signing we could have made this year. I really do. I like the way he plays the game. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I I'll make some comments as we talk. But I thought the I thought special teams looked really good. Um, you know, we saw Joey Sly hit a 49 yarder, which is. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to hit a 49-yarder, but we saw him look shaky. He looked good on that. The I thought the kick coverage was really good. Um, I thought uh, Allen is intriguing as a returner. Um, so I don't know whether he'll make the roster or not. We probably should talk about that. But uh, And then the other thing I wanted to mention is I really miss Tress Way already <laughs> because there were yep. several – nothing against the whatever his name is, and I'm sorry, I don't know – but our replacement punter or our temporary punter. But there were there were a number of times in that game where I could envision Tressway pinning them back with a, a booming punt, and instead it was kicked to the 20 and with a 10-yard return. And I, I don't think that guy gets enough credit for how just how amazing of a punter he is. And uh, so I, it, I thought it was glaring when he was not in there. But, I mean, it's preseason, I know. Colby Wadman. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we hardly knew you. Yeah. 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 Well, and you you brought up Sly. I assume Wadman is who was holding for him because Tressway typically is the holder for field goals. And if you go back and watch that, the hold wasn't great. Sly did a really good job of dealing with the fact that that ball was not cleanly handled and fielded and, and hit the spot late. So <clears throat> kudos for so Joe. I, I know you guys are going to talk about offense and I'm not going to, that's why I'm not talking about it other than I mentioned what I thought of house performance, but I just, I want to mention one thing. I think that uh, Montez sweat is going to have a career year this year. And that one play where he, um, where he tackled the guy for the, I mean, he was in the backfield before the offense was in the backfield and just stopped that drive right there. I am wondering with between Allen and and Deron Payne and now Chase Young actually looking like he's somewhat back to, you know, what we saw, some of the ability as rookie year. 
I'm wondering if that's not going to free sweat up to just like have an amazing year. That might be a stretch off of a couple plays, but I'm wondering if this might be the year of Montez Sweat. Well, he looks hungry, and and if teams leave him unblocked like they did on that play that you're talking about, he's going to have a great year because he's yeah. he fired off the ball and there was nobody in front of but him. But how do you cover? How do you cover all that heat coming at you if 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 we stay healthy? I don't know how you how you stop you know that kind of pressure. No, I I agree. The the potential's there. Now you you do kind of have to recognize that they drove the length of the field before Montez Sweat made that play. I mean, Cleveland drove the length of the field. That's a little concerning. Well, and they didn't our, have their best offensive lineman team. on the field. Do what? And they didn't have their best offensive lineman on the field. Right. Either. I mean, they they really kind of handled our first string defense. Now, granted, again, all the usual caveats and 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 things. It's preseason. I doubt very seriously either side was really pre-gaming. But to be honest with you, that actually concerns me a little more because what that means is Cleveland went out and put a hat on a hat and won one-on-one. And, I mean, their guys drive. were just beating the matchups. The well, first drive, and I think Mike Mike from Ohio pointed that out, and he's right. The first drive, they kind of – had us on our heels a little bit, but I thought felt like we tightened up. After like, that. Yeah, let me about that first drive since I guess if we're talking about ones on ones and and that's when everyone's starting to pay attention. What I saw, and my only real concern was I thought our run fits were really off. I think we were late. We had our whoever our middle linebacker is now crashed on one of the running plays, but he took a horrible angle, came in behind the running back who went around left end. Um, we had bodies there. They just, I think like one guy didn't make the fit. Um, and that is, a, that's a concern to me because it's a carryover from the end of last year when we couldn't stop the run in those four straight games that would have gotten us in the playoffs if we could have won one of them. That I had that concern, but on that first drive, I also noted, I've got my little notes on my phone that I made while watching it. Um, the, Deshaun Watson escaped twice from what looked like clear sacks to extend that drive. So I, you know, I take it for what it's worth. Um, I thought we tackled hard. We didn't miss tackles other than Chase missing Watson and somebody else missed him. But Sean Watson's pretty damn good at getting out of pressure and yeah, making magic happen. So um, other than that, I, I frankly expected because I had before I got a chance to watch it, I had read some of the conversations online and and on our board and was thinking, oh, shit, that they really look they didn't look very good. And then I watched the game and I thought, frankly, for the first preseason game with a whole new offense, with a new OC, with a new O-line, with the guys played one quarter, one game at quarterback. Um, I thought we looked pretty good. I walked away feeling pretty good about the performance for the first preseason game because the effort was there. Everything I saw that looked like a problem should be something correctable. Run fits should be correctable. Um, Sam is going to get better at recognizing and getting rid of the ball. And I thought he did a great job of that for his, that he was under some duress, but he never panicked and he ate the, hey, when he, he didn't throw the ball up for grabs when he took that sack. Right. He he tucked it away and protected the ball. I thought he played a a mature, surprisingly sharp game. And he well, he's accurate when he throws it. He's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, a notes, too, but I just wanted to comment on that first defensive drive. 
yeah, I would like to have seen us stop them, but we also did what Jack Del Rio does on defense. They bent, but they didn't break. Yep. They make a lot of stops inside the 10 in the red zone, and they did it again here. So um, that's a lot of words to say. All in all, I thought it was okay, and I'm not too concerned about anything. If that's a pattern all preseason and we still can't stop the run, I'll start to get more concerned. But I feel pretty good about it today. I saw the defensive backs flying around, man, like like I haven't seen before. And, again, it's preseason. But I, I saw a lot of swarming to the ball which really in a way is more impressive in preseason, right? Than it would be if we were seeing it in week four or week five, when you expect to see that, but I think guys that were laying wood on people. Yeah. I thought was good. What did you think, Derek? You've been, you've been holding your, your ammunition here. The first, the first team concerned me. Um, Not going to lie. But I think a lot of that also was, one thing we have to remember is that these guys are taught to blow people up, to hit people, to tackle people, and then they're told for three weeks in training camp not to t- not to hit. You know what I mean? And so for three weeks they've been they've been they've been laying up, they've been slowing down, they've been holding back, and and now that doesn't necessarily mean that they should be missing tackles, but you wonder if if that kind of a thing you have muscle memory, you know what I mean? You lose that muscle memory of, of of being able to make contact, which is why we looked a lot better in the second quarter than we did in the first quarter. Uh, and it wasn't even close. I want to say in most situations, we probably either give up a touchdown or a field goal instead of being able to stop them on fourth down in that drive. But the, t- but the defense didn't surrender another point the rest of the game. And, and including that was multiple turnovers was, uh, you know, more, more backfield disruption, more, more flashes, more, more guys coming downhill and crashing. So I, I'm, I'm still optimistic. Uh, we've seen enough of a track record of our defense to believe that they're not just going to completely fall apart. These guys are still good football players. You know what I mean? So I, you, you hope. We got into a pretty heated discussion on the board about the Chase Young non-sack, and um, thankfully it happened in a preseason game. He's got three; he's got two more games to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's a part of football, you know. That's things happen. Uh, it, it, does it mean he's terrible? No. He ninety-five percent of that play was was a thing of beauty to watch. He even got held. If you watch the play, the, the, the lineman actually is bear hugging his helmet as he's trying to hit Deshaun Watson, but finishing that play is the difference between, you know, being great and being athletic. So, no, you know, even can get Bosa there. misses a sack once in a while. Oh, I know. And nobody's, I'm not saying that we hold it against him. All I'm saying is he didn't, he failed to finish that play. I'm not saying it's a trend yet, but, so he looked what, explosive. He yeah, I, mean, really I, I hear you, and I, and I saw that conversation on the board, and had I weighed in on it, what I would have said is what I went into that looking – I went into to this game looking at, at, I guess, three things. One and 1A is how does our young quarterback look? Mm-hmm. Two, what does an EB offense look like? Just even in, in like, pretend. <laughs> and three – 
does Chase Young look like he has a motor and he can move? Or is he a shadow of himself? Like and I think you got all three of those things. And I think I got all three of those. The I, I had a hard time getting into whether or not he should have made that tackle under that situation against a guy like Deshaun Watson, who makes a lot of people miss. Um, a lot of very good people miss. Yeah. I, I thought Chase looked kind of hungry. And when I went, I went back and watched their series and he's, he's, he's very active. He's not showing off a whole new, he's not doing swims and spins and all that stuff yet, but it, I'm not sure he'll do that in preseason anyway. So I was just tickled to see that he had that kind of effort and, and get off. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We want to make sure that you don't miss out on any future BGO Blind Pig podcasts. On our YouTube channel, simply hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to BGO Blind Pig via Apple Podcasts or another podcast provider, go to our description page and click that follow button. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fair. Um, so don't take my my... Don't take my observation as a criticism. It's just an observation. Yeah, and uh, fair. You know. And fair. So we kind of talked defense. Did you guys want to dig more into the offense? I don't know that we really other than Sam Howell. Well here's I what think... I can tell you. I can tell you that right now I got done watching our first preseason game and the number one question mark slash concern was definitely not quarterback on any level of the play of the position. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, I... After watching the highlights, um, uh, and I already felt this way, but it just kind of reinforced it. I don't know where Sam Howell's going to grade out as far as his ranking in the NFL. He's got one of the five or six best arms in the league, though. The question will be the question will be between his ears. It is not a physical issue. The dude, the dude can absolutely throw the football, and and he's throwing it with anticipation, which is something we have not seen in Washington, and I don't know how long. Um, we've been, we've been watching guys run open before the ball leaves somebody's hand. He's throwing the ball exactly when he ought to be throwing the ball. So that guys break and it's there. Um, and it's only one catch, but dear God is Jahan Dotson, an amazing, an amazing football player. I, that route was filthy. It was. it was. It was. Yeah. That ball. That ball. The placement of that ball. And Dotson's not a big guy, right? The placement of oh. that ball in that the weight in the pressure he was under downfield, like only Dotson was the only guy that had a chance to catch that. And even even for Dotson, that was a tough catch. But it was. Uh, I got like <laughs> the arm, the hairs on my arms raised up, you know, watching well, that play because I'm like, it's well, not only that. Time. It was the move. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude just got through contorting his body into un inhuman places to get his hands on that football and then had the wherewithal to make a, a human highlight reel move to barely get touched sliding between two guys that were really trying to kill him. And I, I just, I watched that and I thought, how this kid lasted to pick 16, how this kid was an unknown to any of us yeah. prior to last year's NFL yeah. draft. I, I felt a little ashamed about my, yeah. my reaction when we turned the card in last it was, year. It was everyone's reaction, Bob. Well, I and know. I'll even the- say this. So we know like McLaurin is incredible. We know who he is. We know that like Diami Brown and how, how this special 
connection from UNC, but has anyone else had the thought that maybe it's going to be Dotson and Hal? That is, that's like the connection uh, over the next couple of seasons. Like that might be the go-to there, not not McLaurin and not Diamond Brown and not Curtis Samuel, but it, it might be Dotson. Have you guys? Could be. And I'm with I'm with Derek on on the route thing. I fell in love with Jahan about mid-season last year, where I saw somebody do a slow-mo breakdown of him selling a just a post route where he got to the top of the route and waited that that fraction of a second until the DB started to commit and turn his hips. And then he just, at full speed, went like 45 degrees. Uh, that's uncoverable. And that's what he did <laughs> in this one, too. I saw what you saw, Derek. I see the smile on your face. He sold that move to the inside. The DB turned, and it was over. And he, without losing a step, John's 45 degrees the other direction, and looking for the ball and making the yeah. play and keeping his balance when he hits the ground and scoring. That was, that was pretty legit. All, all we heard last year was about his hands. And, you know, I mean, I've heard for years that it takes college guys two or three seasons to run mature NFL routes. Dotson's not, not waiting two or three seasons. He was running mature NFL routes last season. Out of the gate. That's right. right. Almost right out of the gate. And and to, to go back to the original question, I think it's very much going to be a pick-your-poison kind of a thing. And I think Sam Howell knows it's going to be a pick-your-poison kind of thing. And I think we're going to see some highlight reel circus catches from everybody because he, you know, when – I think to start the season, you're going to see teams focus on Terry McLaurin. He's the he's the obvious number one in the team. Dotson's going to start hurting people, and you're going to see teams rotate, and then McLaurin's going to hurt people, and then they're going to have to try and figure out what they're doing with who. Um, and somebody brought up Cole Turner earlier. The guy had four targets. He had four catches for 31 yards with a long of 13. Once people start paying it, have to pay attention to both the outside guys. I don't care. My grandmother could play tight end forest and feast on on some of these defenses. Guys You're not like, going to be able to double both of those guys on the outside. Yeah, exactly. Which is going to leave the middle wide open for a I, Curtis Martin or whoever our tight end is. Not Curtis Martin. Curtis Samuel. I hope. I hope that Cole Turner. I thought Turner had a good game. I was disappointed. The one play. I think we got a, a big break on the one play where the, the Browns fumble, defender the took it away from him. And yeah. I was disappointed with that because that's my big beef with Cole Turner is can he hold up physically and is he is he strong enough to be an NFL tight end because he's got that lanky, you know, he's got that lanky kind of body build. But he, he should not have let that ball get away from him. And I think in a real game that would have been – that might have been a pick – that might have been a takeaway for a touchdown the other way. I agree. Uh, we got a break. We got a break on, I guess, um, forward motion on that one. But I hope he can step up because Bates, man, I mean, you're so here's the situation. Armani Rogers, who probably had the best season last year of any of our tight ends, he goes out. Now you got Bates sitting there. He can he can kind of seize control of the starting job as the tight end. And the first thing he does is drop a first well, down catch. I was Right not, sorry, not to hijack your point, John, but I was going to make the point. How we were talking about that throw that to Dotson, I don't even think that was his best throw. I think the best throw that he, his best throw was the one you're referencing, where he's 
He breaks the pocket, rolling right, eluding traffic, finds Bates, puts it right where only Bates right. can get it. And unfortunately, Bates just didn't come down to it. It wouldn't have mattered. Wiley had the penalty. But still, you got to catch that football. And that was not that was not a tough catch. I mean, and again, no, it's no, no, it's one throw, it's preseason, but it just kind of still an NFL tight end, dude. Wonder where his head is, you know. Anyway, yeah, that was a hell of a throw. I think Bates tried to he turned his head and started trying to get upfield before he secured the ball. It's like that's unfortunate. That's mistake number one. Um, I was wanted talking about the offense and EB. I wanted to see how how it looked. And what I saw, my overall impression right away was what we had talked about before the games, even before the the training camp started, was it's going to be a quicker rhythm-type offense. That ball's coming out fast. Yeah, it is. Which is is a good thing because I'm going to share the same concerns as everybody else on whether or not we can pass protect on third and nine, you know, which is going to happen. But what I am also thinking now, having watched – the game and John, you posted that thing that Mark Bullock did the breakdown of various things. One of the ones he did that I saw today that really kind of got me juiced a little bit was showing the, the four by one formation that we showed once in this game, we had Robinson left to the quarterback, three, three wideouts on the right side and one guy ISOed out on far on the right side. You were Bob, you were talking about pick your poison. He is going to spend midnight oil every week game planning to get both of those guys isos out on the outside with formations like that that and it doesn't have to be a deep root it was a fade in this one i mean he can do slants off of that he can do any number of things so if if they can get even if the offensive line can be even okay in a pass pass protecting unit they don't have to be the eagles at the end of last year but if they can be a mid-range pass pro type offense and give Sam enough time to make a read and get rid of the ball. I think EB is going to cook up some magic. I think last year, you know, what we've seen for three years is we know what plays coming before it's before they line up. Like you just, we are just very predictable. Derek has beaten that drum. You didn't right know now. that in this game, did you? In this, in this game, I mean, I had no, I, I really had no idea. I think they, they had the Browns off kilter the whole time. And to me, even though it's a preseason game, to learn a new offense, to learn that, you know, all these offenses have their own language that's very difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, the concepts might be the same, but the I don't even think the concepts are the same because we've gone we've gone flat out West Coast offense now. And I thought that they looked pretty comfortable and it was difficult to tell what what was coming next. And that's what you want. So I would that's that was my takeaway was I just surprised that there weren't miscues, there weren't offsides calls. Maybe there were like, there weren't many there mistakes no, made. I mean, it se- they seemed I, like they knew what the hell they were doing, which is no surprising. motion penalties. No. I heard something. There were zero procedure penalties, not just motion. Not Bingo. Just, there was no for there was no false starts, no illegal motion, no delays. No illegal, no, no uh, yeah, no um Oh God, no! My brain was no happen. delay a game, right? No Five delay yards. game penalties, nothing. And that wasn't just how that was how, and it was Brissett, and it was from, and it was this brand new offensive line who'd never right. played together in live fire, and and it's illegal formation. And I mean, yelling at guys and making them do it over. Yes, when reports exactly from the last it, couple of years ago, from from what the last two or three years have been. 
Guys do things wrong, and we line up with the next play. Instead of correcting what happened now, yes. EB doesn't put up with any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah but Bob, he's right. waiting. I think that's exactly what it is, man. They've done it over. They, they're, It's just like, we're going to do it until you do it right, or we're not going to do it at all. Yeah, you guys have got it wrong. EB is just way too mean. He's pissing people <laughs> off, and I think it needs to be fixed. He yells too much. <laughs> And you know what? An apology on that. And, and my response to that, if I'm, if I'm, this is the response I think Ron should have had is, we'll fix that. That's that's going to get fixed as soon as the guys stop fucking up. <laughs> EB, you'll stop yelling at them. That's the fix. So there you go. Well, I'm kind of with John now. I wish I wish Ron would just really not talk because he he has yeah. diarrhea of the mouth, man. He just yeah. can't stop himself. And it Maybe. doesn't always re- it doesn't always reflect well on himself. I don't no, want to. I would like to have seen about, him. Like, why did you bring that up about being a me? I that's a whole other pod right there. But I don't want to go there because it 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 doesn't. My opinion does not um, elevate Ron Rivera. In, no, in he's something's changed with him, right? And we don't. I don't want to go down that road either. But he didn't used to feel like he had to be everybody's best buddy and and uncle ron and share all of his innermost thoughts all the time i don't know when that started i would like to have seen when somebody asked him about these comments about eb is he'd say what the fuck are you talking about mm-hmm. no, we love this the, guy man. This we is, love, we're we're all with eb man we love everything he's doing it's it's we're all on board with that yeah, what are you talking about it that's football on to the ravens there's no crying in football that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a hundred yeah. different ways you can handle so, that, and it, none of them are the way he handled it. Correct. You know, we we've talked a lot about the passing game, but I think we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that Chris Rodriguez averaged almost eight yards a carry. Brian yeah, Robinson averaged almost eight yards a carry, and that was without Damn much Howell. help early. You know, Howell only had the one carry, but it was eight yards a carry. Uh, you know, I mean. Honestly, the only guy on the night that really seems to have had a problem carrying the rock, and and I think we've seen the end of him, sadly, because he's kind of everybody's sort of... Patterson. Is Patterson. You know, Patterson was... Now, granted, I guess by the time Patterson got much game time, he was playing behind an offensive line that will not exist in a couple of weeks, right? Guys that will all be walking the street. Yep. Um, but it, but I mean, here's the thing. If, if you want to make the team, you've got to show off with whatever you're given and Patterson continuously kind of doesn't, but I mean, he had, he, he had six carries for 16 yards and one of those was for seven, which means he had five carries for nine yards outside of that one seven yard carry. So, but, but early on in the game, when it was the ones in there, Guys were moving the football, and they weren't moving it a little bit. They were putting this in in second and short, third and short, or or doing a first down on second down. I mean, we were really moving the rock well. So. I mean, I like I like Patterson, but what are we going to carry? Four, maybe five, max. Depends on depends on where that kick return punt return guy falls. Mark. Well, that 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 has to be our boy Kaz, Kazmir Allen, right? Uh, he's a that's a, a wide receiver. He's I mean, he's on the team. I'm so just. I, I'm just looking at the running back depth chart that that the team has up there. I mean, Patterson's got to beat out either Gore or Jonathan Williams. I mean, it's not happening, man. And Gore looked pretty good too. Gore's not going anywhere, and and Jonathan Williams is a is a hard runner. I just think Patterson's going to run into a number. Yeah, he's going to be. I think so too. And I think when they drafted Rodriguez, that was a pretty clear signal that 
we're he just doesn't fit the style. They they like yeah. power back and they like guys that are ver- can catch the ball. Um, I mean, yeah, Robinson, Gibson, and I think now Rodriguez are pretty much locks. So now it's who gets the fourth slot. Well, I would have loved to have seen um, more of Robinson, but I know why. I mean, I think they know what they have in him, so they're just keeping him on ice. I did want to ask you guys, because I think one of the more intriguing questions coming out of preseason is, who are the fifth and sixth receivers? Because you figure McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, and Diami Brown are probably locks. But then you've got Pringle, Tensley, Casimir, Allen, and Milne, Dax Milne, out there fighting for two spots. Who wins that contest? I think, Pring- I think Pringle's a lock because of, of his knowledge of the system, and he's a veteran. And I, I think he's an absolute lock. And, and I think Allen probably makes it on the strength of his return game. Yep. Um, yep. The rest of these guys are playing for practice squad positions is my guess. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, if you enjoy the BGO Blind Pig podcast, you may enjoy the video version. Visit YouTube and search BGO Blind Pig to access over 100 previous episodes. However you enjoy BGO Blind Pig, we thank you for listening. So the guys you see most at the bottom of it for the rest of the preseason are the guys who aren't going to make it. Because the just guys wonder, they're keeping aren't going to be on the field. They seem to hold Milne in a more regard than we do as fans i'm not i'm not i'm not saying i agree with that but i mean he was pretty mediocre uh returning kicks last year and but they just stuck with him because we had nobody else who could catch the ball i guess but i i just wouldn't be surprised if they if Allen is like a practice squatter and not doesn't make the roster what do you think Uh, mm. we're gonna be our six wide receivers i would I would not be surprised. I'd be a little disappointed, but I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be utterly shocked. I would definitely be disappointed. Um, As far as our six, obviously, Terry, Dotson, Samuel, Pringle, Brown, Samuel, Curtis Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. What is that, five? That's five. Yeah, we got the... The question it's mark is dogfight. Allen and Milne, yeah. I think it's an absolute dogfight at the end there. Um I I want to I want to want it to be Allen because I'd love to see what he can do in kick off in kick in the return game. But don't forget about Kemp either. You know what I mean? Kemp's a guy that the enemy kind of handpicked. Uh and he's a he is if there's one thing he does is it's he stands out in the receiver room. Because I think he's the only one that's over six two, you know. So like, if they're yeah. lined up in receiver drills, it's going to be a bunch of little bunch Kemp. of Dude, the, these the... guys, and then there's there's Kemp, and and is that going to be enough of them enough for the enemy so, to sit in Rivera to say, you know what, we we need that big bodied guy. Well, but see, fly in the ointment. And you got to remember, this is the enemy. I can totally see him doing some weird stuff. Antonio Gibson was a wide receiver. Oh, and I, I can totally see him playing Gibson, putting him in the game, receiver. and everybody Absolutely. thinking, "Oh!" And now suddenly he's lined up out wide. My oh, guess I is hope, we see I him out so. wide every game. Well, and that's 
that's a big part of where the because I got into a conversation with my uncle about this and he was thinking we carry seven and I don't think we can fit seven. Um, and I think the versatility of Gibson is a big reason why we don't keep seven and we go six. So final answer, I'll say we end up um, I did hear a report today where they were talking about how the reason they like Milne so much is because he can play all three positions. He's capable. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to excel at any of them. But God forbid, knock on wood, one of those one of your top three goes down. He's a plug and play guy that's not going to ruin the capability of the offense. He's not going to run the wrong route. So yeah, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think that's one thing you got to give him credit for. He's he may not I, he may not make a lot of like uh, highlight reel ta- uh, plays, but he's generally not going to f it up. You know, right? So I think actually. I think ultimately my gut says we actually keep Milne and Allen is on the practice squad. And I'm going to be, like I said, disappointed, but I'm not going to be surprised. Well, if we go into the season again with Milne as our primary returner, I I will be shocked. I will be shocked because one of, one of my little notes when I saw that they put him out to return a kick in this game was Dax fucking Milne with four <laughs> exclamation points. Why would you have him returning a kick in a preseason game? You got to find out if you've got anybody else who can. I agree with that. He's solid enough to catch. Right, we know what we have in him. We know what we have. Why would you waste an opportunity, a rep, a live rep on that? Um, I like what what you want to see. Alan break one, right? You see Alan break one, you're like, there you go. I mean, (laughs) well, on the very first kickoff return, he he went right. I mean, he had two. He had two. I think he averaged twelve yards of return. I mean, he got. He he ran around the end twice, and Dax has uh, never he, done that. He averaged over 20 yards of return on kick returns. He had yeah. two for 41 yards. Now, he had a long of 25, but, I mean, that gives you an idea. And then his punt, you're you're closer with his punt returns, John. He was two for 24 with yeah. punt returns, and that's 12 yards of return. So maybe that's what you were thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Are you guys worried about the injuries that we've had so far? So we lost our money. So – all of us, everyone, find some wood. <laughs> Go ahead and knock on it before we talk about this. That's inappropriate. We've <laughs> no, I, I said uh, knock on wood. Oh, um, I thought you said grab uh, some. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so really, Armani Rogers. If unless I'm uh, missing something, I think Armani Rogers has been our only like you know uh, non-contact uh, out for the year kind of injury. But we've got a lot of banged up. I mean, we've got Logan Thomas banged up. Mm-hmm. St. Juice is banged up. Um, I mean, he was back on the field today, by the way. St. Juice. Sadiq Charles again is banged up. I mean, we got all these guys banged up. Um, are you guys concerned at all about that? Uh, I have an easy answer. Yes, I'm concerned. <laughs> but, but, but. I'd need to look and compare our list of injuries to every other NFL roster to yeah. tell you how concerned. I, I think every I, team's got guys banged up. Yeah, I mean, I think my answer to that is no more concerned than I normally am, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, this time of year, everybody's got a little something-something. You know, who was – headlines the other day, somebody out for the season with a non-contact ACL injury uh, somewhere in the league. Oh, there was, there was. were a whole bunch today. Traylon Burks got carted off. Marlon Humphrey's going to miss five weeks with surgery on his foot. Um, uh, there was two or three more guys got carted off with non-contact injuries over the last day and a half. You know, it just I, I, so it could be worse. As the if is, I'm if I'm frustrated by one, 
it's Sadiq Charles because everything I keep hearing from beat reporters is that when he's actually in the lineup, he's playing really well in that left guard slot. And mm-hmm. and the feeling amongst Kime and, and guys of Kime's ilk is that if he's healthy, he's probably the starter. Um, but that Chris Paul's getting almost as many reps as Charles is because Charles can't stay on the field. So it's a problem, is, you know, which is well, they're all very complimentary of Chris Charles too, by the way, but, but not as complimentary as they are of Charles or uh, of Charles. So, well, and here's, here's the, it's the problem you reference, Mark, and it's got very little to do with the injuries themselves. It's the injuries that we saw coming to my, 10 miles away when we were in the off season talking about where this team needed to add some depth and mm-hmm. what this team needed to address. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about Logan Thomas, the entire off season. Well, if Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas is back to his original self. If Logan Thomas right. can be a 20, be what he was in 2020. And if, 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 well, guess what? We were all beating the drum about how we needed to address the, t- the tight end position. And we didn't. And now we've lost one for the year. And the, the one we were relying on is now in a very dang- precarious situation. And the one that we were hopeful could help out just dropped the best opportunity he's had since he's been a professional. Like I uh, ordinarily, I might, I might be sold on the idea that like, look, Thomas has been like banged up for a couple of seasons in a row. So we're just going to like, you know, he's, he's hurt. He's a little banged up. We're just putting him again on ice. But I think, I think that's tough to buy when you're looking at a brand new offense, a brand new OC, brand new signal calls. I think, right. He could be out there. He would be out there. So, I mean, I think a lot of fans, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I think a lot of fans are just like, let's just move on and find the next tight end, like I, I whether we draft one or whatever. But it is hard to get your hopes up. And and then you have to wonder how long is he going to last once he gets out there. Well, I was a little surprised that we didn't bring anybody in, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same thing I've been saying all offseason. What the team has been saying and people who've been watching the team in practice, like what's uh, Logan Paulson, I guess, who goes mm-hmm. on with, with Hoffman, who I, I think does a really, really good job. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. They have been talking all off season about Cole fucking Turner and that, that this, if you take him out of the equation, I agree with everything you're saying. And I'm going a little, a little batshit over the, the tight end room, but everything I've heard and seen and in, in so far, in the limited action we've seen, they're incorporating Turner. I think I think he's looking like if he plays at this level, he could be that guy. And Maybe. then you, you put in Thomas when he's available to help out. If if Cole Turner turns out to be anywhere near what, what the team seems to think he could be, then this whole conversation changes. Well, and, it does. and I think you've got to think about who's playing on the outside too. If you look at EB's offenses in Kansas City, Everybody was worried about Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey was drawing significant attention into the middle of the field, which automatically made your outside guys better. I think we've got the opposite situation in Washington, and I think the enemy will take advantage to that. We've got such talent on the outside that whoever is playing tight end is going to be working against less than the best in terms of coverage in the middle of the field. And we're going to see this team take advantage of that. Uh, and and so maybe we don't need that ultra high end. I, I am a little worried about having enough bodies 
I think is probably the way to put that, right? That's fair. Um, because yes. we've kind of gone through the tight end position in the last two or three years. We've guys, we've had at least two guys on the injury list at tight end much of the last two seasons. One, at, at, we have our top three tight ends. At least one of them has been unavailable for the last two years. You're right. And, and well, at least one of the other ones has been unavailable for part of the season. So, mm-hmm. And I also think with Sam Howe, when you have a young quarterback, you want a safety valve. You want that guy, you know, where there's – when the play breaks down and or maybe the wide receivers are covered on the outside that he can dump it off to. And so I just hope – I mean, I, I and again, I would just worry if, if Turner – if Turner were to get injured, what do we have? We have nothing. We have Bates and who? I don't know who. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We want to make sure that you don't miss out on any future BGO Blind Pig podcasts. On our YouTube channel, simply hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to BGO Blind Pig via Apple Podcasts or another podcast provider, go to our description page and click that follow button. Do, um, do you guys know if, if Curtis Hodges got on the field against Cleveland? Uh, he was not in the box score. That doesn't mean he wasn't. That doesn't doesn't mean he didn't make the field. No, I know he, he didn't, didn't get any get targets. targets. But that was the other guy who showed some flashes. He's a second year guy, and I have forgotten he is oh. six eight two forty. That's a big, wrong, big boy. He got he had one target, no catches for one target. So he did get on the field against Cleveland. And we it, did sign. Caden Smith, yes, uh, the tight end who kind of drifted off into obscurity, obscurity over the last two seasons. He didn't play last year. He was he failed. I, I looked him up last week, and he he's. I'm trying to think. I can't remember the details, but I know that he had an injury issue, and last year he failed a physical, so he didn't play at all last year. But. He, you know, he's a, he's a guy. I mean, he, we we have him on the roster. He's not even listed on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, I think he got signed last week in. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to mention one other thing. I know we're getting uh, uh, we're getting th- almost there as far as time goes, but I wanted to mention one thing, and maybe it's me. And, and I mean, sometimes I go off on wild tangents, so it's possible it's just me. But I'm if we had to name a position group that the consensus concern is from the fan base, what position group would that be? Like almost uniformely, what would the most from concerned these four chuckleheads on the podcast? Or anybody, fan any base? fan. Any uh, fan the, you're the talking about the offensive base. line. We all know you're talking about the offensive <laughs> line. So my question is, so when Matsko left, right, for reasons, whether I don't know if they got in a bitch slap fight, <laughs> he and Eric <laughs> being me, or they just agreed that they – had different philosophies or whatever it was, but he left, right? He, he, he was not retained. They never replaced him. And John Kime, and I love John Kime, and I, I would never say anything bad about John Kime, but John Kime explains that by saying, oh, the team was not able to hire somebody because of the ownership turmoil. And I believe that John Kime was told that by the team. And I also believe that that's utter bullshit because it sounds like utter bullshit like an NFL team, when a coach leaves, it doesn't matter what the ownership situation is. You've got to have a coach, and you hire a coach. It's not like the O-line coach is breaking the bank or something. I So I don't buy that. But my question is, so what they did is they took 
uh, Wharton, who's the assistant offensive line coach, and they don't change his title. In fact, if you go to <laughs> commanders.com, you'll see he's still listed as the assistant O-line coach. And then you have a bunch of offensive assistants, presumably somebody out there is like helping out with the O-line. I don't know who that would be, but so now he's out with back surgery. So we have the most concerning unit on the football team, at least from our uneducated viewpoint. We have no offensive line assistant coach. I'm guessing that if he was the pretend offensive line coach, <laughs> that somebody was the pretend off assistant offensive line coach, but I don't know who that is. So who the hell is coaching the offensive line? Um, I actually have an answer for you. So if you go back and you re- and you see who is reactive, it's a guy named but it's our tight ends coach by the name of Juan Castillo. Mm-hmm. I know I've heard of Juan Castillo. Now everything says he's a tight ends coach, but I'm I'm literally looking. There's a YouTube interview uh, interview with JP Finley where he says Commanders O line guru Juan Castillo. So my assumption is. Or what I, I guess to answer, and it, I'm not saying it's the right answer, but I, my guess is that he's the one spearheading the offensive line coaching. Because Wharton is out after back surgery, and we don't know when he's coming back, right? I think right. Rivera was just asked about that yesterday, and that he said something to the effect of he's due back soon. So that doesn't sound like a long-term thing. Hmm. I mean, there are back surgeries. Yeah, well, Curtis, Curtis Samuel was due back for all of 2021. So, okay, all right, all right. I just find it, I just find it <laughs> weird that like a position of need that we don't have like have a coach. resource. I mean, we've got like the assistant to the assistant to the tight end coach, but we don't have an offensive line coach. I, I don't know. I, I, bet I you, can't. I can't argue your point, John. I bet you AB has got his his hands in there a lot more than we've heard. Maybe, right? Because he's. The coordination, I, mean, I don't know what impression you guys got, but the, we weren't just running off tackle stuff. We had people moving around. We had, he even rolled our quarterback out, mm-hmm. which, which, made, out. which made my little heart sing. Um, it kind of, it resulted in a touchdown. Don't tell the defense that. Hell, Gibbs was doing that in the 80s, and it was like new. It, it ain't new anymore. You're allowed to roll the quarterback out. Brissett t- scored on a ro- design roll, wasn't it? Uh, his score. I thought that it was just on. He he just saw an opening. Yeah, and he just saw the I opening. Felt like yeah, I felt like drew, it was opportunity. And if you look at that play, the and there wasn't a defender on that side yeah. of the field. And Jacoby said, "Well, walked in. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here." <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun, man. It was it was nice to see. We we could be Carolina fans. Look what happened to them in their preseason opener. They just got bitch slapped on hard knocks by the Jets, twenty seven to nothing. And their number one overall pick got smothered a bunch of times. We look a little better than they did. We know, we know, like we we know we we're old guys. I'm older than some. However, we're old guys. We know that the preseason means nothing, but it sure as hell feels better when you look competent and. Yeah. Like, you know what the hell you're doing, then if it's a d- total disaster, right? I thought well, overall, also, we looked competent. Did you guys get a, an, a, an opposite feeling when you when the game's the game is over? I walked out thinking, all right, if I had to put a grade on uh, it, I'd probably grade, the, I'd probably grade the team a B or B- minus for their first preseason game. And I, It, it felt different. That. And like I said earlier, it was just overwhelmingly – comforting to walk away from a preseason game and not say what the hell are we going to do at quarterback 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here I, we go again. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yep. God, I don't want to. I, you know, I don't want to get too excited, but it's really hard not to looking at Sam Howell. Um, I mean, for how many years now have we've had guys that ranked in the low twenties or even the mid thirties in terms of quarterback ranking? You know, last year our starting, I think the best our starting quarterback ranked in the NFL was like thirty-four. That means you're below two Back- backups. No, well, four if you consider your own team. You know, you see exactly right. <laughs> you know, and 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 I feel like with with middle of the road quarterbacking last year, not only were you a playoff team, we're a playoff team that makes a little bit of noise. I, I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we would have won the Super Bowl. I don't feel that way. But I but I really feel like we're not a walkover in the first round. And if we and if we win the first round game. Somebody's still paying attention to us in the second round. If we had honest to God, middle of the road quarterbacking. And I, I kind of feel like Sam Howell can give us number 15 in the league. Is that, is, am I being stupid with that? No, I don't think so. It's hard to imagine to me that, that we're seeing anything other than that. This is his floor since he's basically just starting out. Yeah. If he's got nowhere to go but up in terms of experience and working with EB and all that, we've got a guy who can start in the league. That's what that's how it looks today. Talk to me again after the Ravens game. You know, we'll we'll see. But but it, everything he's done so far has surpassed expectations that I had for him. I the the gut feeling I have about him, and I'll just sum it up this way: he seems like totally coachable. And I don't think every quarter, like Wentz, you cannot coach Wentz no. <laughs> without, a, without a bank of psychiatrists. I mean, you would not be able to coach him. I feel like Hal is absorbing what he's being coached and he's going to get better, which that's to me, he's got the arm talent. He's got the mobility. He's not an ideal quarterback as far as like physique, but I think, I think the enemy likes him and I think the enemy sees something in him and I think he's listening to the enemy, uh, maybe more than we even, you know, would give him credit for. I I think the coolest thing I've heard this training camp was the story about him ignoring the first read and and going for the deep ball in in camp. And Ron pulls him aside and goes, "You had a given connection there. You had the guy. He was wide open. He's your primary read. Why didn't you take it?" And Hal's response was, "I wanted to see if I could do the other one. I wanted to see if I could get there because this is practice. I knew I had that guy. Right. Let's try let's try for the let's try for the bigger one and see what happens." And I love the fact that he that he went, "All right, that's easy." I don't want the easy one. Let's go do the long one while I while it doesn't hurt anything. In a game, if he pulls that off, everybody's excited about it. If he doesn't pull it off, well, then, you know, what the hell were you thinking? And I think in a game, maybe he maybe he says, all right, let's do that one. But now he's got the confidence of hitting the extra one, getting that that little bit more. Actually, it was a lot more because he went deep. And and I think it was to Brown, and I think it connected, if I remember correctly. But, you know, I mean, it was – I just – I love the fact that the kid don't, not only seems coachable, but he understands the – he understands the assignment. This is practice. 
let's try things. He's a bit more athletic than I gave him credit for based on what I had seen at North Carolina. There was a clip today on the commander's site taken at the Ravens practice of him going left and sort of adjusting his body and throwing a little bit of a back across his body sidearm. And it looked like the kind of thing that, that NFL films likes to show you with Mahomes, right? That this is what he, the kid's more athletic than I gave him credit for. And I, I seems like a cool customer. I like what I see so far. We didn't mention it, but he made that one pass in the preseason game where he went right and he threw it all the way across his body to the left and completed the pass. Like most of the time we'd be like, Oh my God, you know, closing our eyes, waiting for the pick six going the other way, but he he's got the arm to get it there. And he did that twice. He converted the fourth down that way. And then there was right. another one where he came back, never come back across the middle, unless you can, can complete right, it. Unless you can In do which it. case, good, good, good job. Kid. Yeah. I just think he's, I, I like his instincts. I think that's the that's the one thing that, like Mahomes, you can't really quantify. He just has, and again, we don't know, right? He's still he's a young kid, but I he seems like he's an instinctive player, and we haven't had that. I don't know when the last time we had a quarterback that had good instincts under center. Well, and to your to to take your point one step further, Bob. Not only is it impressive that he wanted to try to make the second read. And I think, and I'm, I believe I mentioned this on the pod two weeks ago. It's impressive as hell that he knew in the split second of that play, he is that comfortable with the play. Yeah. That he knew he had that and he could process the thought of, all right, I know I've got this. It's practice. I want to see if I can make this throw. And he's doing yeah. it so quickly because he knows. He not only knows where that read is and his success of it, he knows where that guy's going and he knows where he needs to put the ball. Yeah. And and it's impressive as hell that in this offense, he's got that much of a grasp of it. He's not just maybe, trying to figure out. Maybe he's cagey enough that, that in that play, he made a terrible decision, fucked up. But by the time he got back to the sideline, <laughs> he was quick enough to come up with a good line of bullshit for us. Hey, I'm okay hey, with that, man. I'm, I'm okay with either too. one, Mark. That's, you know, that's, I'll take either. I I just can't. The more I watch this kid, the more I feel like I did him a disservice along with most of the NFL in thinking that, I mean, my when they got him in the fifth round, and and I posted this on the boards. In fact, I think I started a thread about it. You get a kid in the fifth round with a quarterback, that means he's really probably more of a seventh round talent because guys dra- guys get drafted up at that position in the NFL. Yeah, they they get overdrafted, and now I'm beginning to think maybe his grade was not just a little bit closer to correct the year before when he was projected as first round and maybe even number one but maybe a lot closer to that projection. And uh, and we know, we, we know man, that that's, the, a, that's an exciting and a scary thought. It, all at once. We know that NFL history is littered with like what generally happens. And then there are the outliers. So we're hoping and then there's what, outlier. and then there's what and the outliers. I mean, Russell Wilson was an outlier, right? There's lots of examples of where the NFL just missed it. And we're hoping that he's one of them. Brock Purdy. I'm telling you. So we should we should like do a little a little bit on the Ravens before we let everyone, you know, 
turn this off and listen to music or something. But um, how many games, preseason games in a row have Harbaugh and the Ravens won? 20 X? 20, 21 or 22, I believe. Do you think that at any point other teams say, okay, enough of that shit. We're actually going to play to win this thing? Yeah. I like I like the saltiness we've seen from the commanders during the scrimmages. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that Emmanuel Forbes should not be the one to start any fights because I don't want to see him thrown around like a rag doll like I did in a couple of YouTube clips. But I do like the fact that we have a little bit of an attitude. I mean, I think that's a different thing this year. I don't know whether it's the new ownership, whether it's Eric Bieniemy. I don't know what, or or maybe a combination of all that. But this team is a little bit salty, man. They got a little bit of attitude. <laughs> and I, I really like that. I really like that because we haven't really Thank seen you. that for a while. So I'm digging it, man. I think we, we might lay a shellacking on them on Monday night. Who knows? I honestly, I could, I could care less about the Browns in preseason. <laughs> I, I, I loved, I used to revel in the fact that Washington went 0 and 4 in the preseason under Joe Gibbs and then came out like a house on fire opening day. I used to absolutely love that because I lived, you know, that was the first couple of years I lived down here in, in Texas, for those of you that don't know. And, uh, and I would get such shit from Cowboy fans about that 0 and 4 record. And then Washington had just come out and steamroll somebody opening weekend. I would, I could care less whether we beat the Baltimore Ravens. I, I want to see Sam Howell have a good game. I would prefer to not see the defense give up a long drive to open the game. But you know, I'm easy if they're if they're doing what That's they what need to. I know, yeah, but I am not cheap. That's remember that, baby. <laughs> oh. Well, I would like to see us not give up 430 yards again like we did to the Browns. Really, my only concern coming out of this one was the defense gave up. They didn't give up points, but they gave up a lot of yards, and I'd like to see that tighten up, particularly on the run. I'd like to see us tighten up the run D heading into week two. The Ravens will run the ball. And for God's sakes, nobody get hurt. Knock on something in a hurry. All right, gents, we're off and rolling, right? It's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to be rolling back into the into the pretty frequent Wednesdays, I believe, um, here pretty quickly. So buckle up. B- BGO is the land of contests. Come That's join right. us. And um, feel free to join the board and hop on and join us at our tailgate here in a couple of weeks. It'd be great to have people stop by. When we hear there's plenty of room in, in the red parking lot on it's open red play. zone parking lot yeah come join us in the red zone <laughs> parking lot that's right all right <laughs> fellas night guys thanks for listening to bgo blind pig join us next time as we once again dive into the ups and downs of dc football fandom and don't forget to check out our incredible community of washington football fans at www.bgobsession.com